We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He turns. He fires for the win. He's got the bucket at the buzzer. back to Bibby. Has the open shot. Ladies and gentlemen, up on those feet, put those hands together. And we'll meet tonight starting five for your Sacramento Kings. Welcome to the Kings Beat Podcast. I am James Ham, Kings Insider for ESPN 1320 and the Kings Beat. Also, I now have to say, and host of the Insiders on ESPN 1320. Uh, joining me today, Brendan Nunes from the Kings Pulse Podcast. Brendan, how are you? Doing well. Visiting family in Southern California. And I told my little brother that this was happening, not to barge in the room, but I do got to say we're kind of prone to that potentially happening. But, uh, yeah, doing well. How, how's the first week of the show gone? Uh, it's good. I'm a little ragged. Um, it's not so much the show as it is uh, like waking up at 7 o'clock every day. I'm a night owl, but waking up at 7 o'clock every day. Um, and when I have something early in the morning, um, my internal clock doesn't won't stop. So I start waking up at like 5.30 and then 6 and then like 6.15. And so I can't actually wait till the alarm goes off at seven. So that's been the biggest adjustment. Like I, I think one day I was able to sneak a nap in after work. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it is what it is. Like, uh, you know, we have to make adjustments and I've been on NBA schedule for, you know, the last 13 seasons. Uh, so your body gets used to it. And, uh, but outside of that, I, I absolutely love uh, working with Kyle Madsen. He's super cool. Uh, he started playing some new music uh, on Friday, which was cool. And uh, we're just getting the flow, trying to figure it out. Yeah, so good. there's a lot of Niners news recently, right? Fun uh, Chiefs-Lions game recently, too. So lots of football going on. Yeah, there's so much football. Uh, and uh, that's that's what's carried us through this week. But we also, you know, there is Kings news. And there is, like, basketball news outside of Kings news. Um, if anyone hears the dogs this morning, it's because, uh, the boys are now feeding the dogs. Uh, we're recording this on, on Saturday morning. It's been really chaotic, uh, like between my job, uh, Sean has some stuff going on. 
Um, Brendan, of course, always has, we all have busy lives and trying to find a spot to squeeze us in this week was strangely difficult. So that's why we're doing it, uh, Saturday morning, uh, which is very rare for us. And, and we're, I don't think either we one of us on Saturday. Yeah. What's the last time we've done a morning pod? Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't typically do morning pods. And that's why when people say, oh, is, uh, you know, the show going to interfere with the King's beat? And the answer is no, because we don't do morning pods. Uh, Sean, it's usually Sean who can't do morning pods because uh, Sean has a busy life that he he helps out with family stuff in the morning. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to impact the the King Speed at all. I still will be writing. I still will be covering every game, going to every practice, everything else. So, uh, but it is it's different, uh, Brennan. It's different to have like your own show and like have those responsibilities. And then Kyle and I made this weird mistake where. We both brought donuts in for this for everybody uh, yesterday, and so I'm like, oh man! These, so I brought donuts in, and I don't usually eat breakfast. I'm a coffee guy in the morning, and I'm like, oh, donut smells good. So I grabbed a donut, and then it was like, okay, we brought in a lot of donuts. So I went and grabbed a second donut, and then we get to the show. I'm two cups of coffee and two donuts in, and I'm like a squirrel, like I the blood was pumping like like what in the world is happening so uh yeah I, i've got to learn to to not eat coffee and donuts before going on the air for two hours because it made two hours feel like about 15 minutes so some pre-built chemistry though both bringing in donuts on the same day it, and it was random like he has yeah. he's at his previous place was donut friday i was driving to work and i'm like you know what like when you when you start somewhere new uh you know, like you're sort of invading other people's space and like this, the ESPN 1320 studios is like this massive building. And there's a lot of people that work there all day long doing other things outside of just like being on air or, you know, being in the boardroom, you know, we have engineers and we have salespeople and we have big bosses and, you know, like executive secretaries and like, there's all kinds of people like a promotions department. And so, They've been very welcoming to us. So I think both of us felt it by the end of the week. And we're like, hey, let's bring in donuts. We did not coordinate it. But then we both walk in with big giant boxes of donuts. So it happens. Uh, so, Brennan, how have you been? Everything good? Yeah, doing well. I got to make a fun announcement on Monday. I've been itching to do it, but I don't get to quite yet. But Monday will be the day. Nice. Um, doing well you know enjoying some time with family down here in socal i mean i'm sure you know this but now that i'm starting to you know i think two years now i'm getting a better feel for the the schedule of what covering the nba looks like and it's clearly this month and last month that are the two real off seasons and so i'm trying to take advantage of that a little bit so enjoying spending time with family Got a lot of siblings down here and uh it's been good to connect with them also doing you know i, I enjoyed trying to get into football even more so and really enjoyed that the Lions beat the Chiefs. I will say that was an extremely entertaining game and way to kick it off and some Team USA stuff and the pictures, videos of JaVale getting around the facility have been fun. So doing well, kind of all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Um, I personally, like we have Patrick Mahomes in fantasy and I don't really, but I don't really care who wins like on a game like that. I, I don't, like I don't. I, I hope that Mahomes throws the drops got to got to bother you though, right? With him and oh fantasy. yeah, like if if I could have like flown to Kansas City and like smacked Kadarius Tony like everyone else wanted to in Kansas City and everyone who owns Mahomes. I mean, it wasn't just like the pick six. You know, there's negative one right there for Mahomes for the pick. 
Um, but it was the late drop that would have been a touchdown or really close to it that I think was really frustrating. I felt bad for the guy because, I mean, that's not how you want to start a season. And, like, you do that again, and you're not on that team anymore. I mean, that's you don't you don't blow a game like that one single player uh, when the rest of the team, you know, sort of held up their end. Um, let's get to King's news. Uh, well, first of all, let's get to the business side. If you're watching here on YouTube and you don't mind, give us a thumbs up. Uh, also subscribe to the channel. Uh, we have grown, 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 and super excited about a really, really big season for the Sacramento Kings. And, uh, we'll be here all season long to take you through. We're really excited about sort of the things that are coming up and the way that this team is constructed and, and sort of the vibe that's going on in Sacramento. And I think this is going to be a, uh, well, certainly for me, a season that's unique and that, uh, there's a good chance that they'll be good. And we didn't even know that last season coming into the year. We thought maybe, uh, but uh, I also had thought that, you know, maybe a dozen other times uh, throughout the years and, and it never showed up and, and came to fruition. So stick with us here at the Kings beat, um, become a premium subscriber, go to the kingsbeat.com and uh, you know, jump on board. Like this is uh, we got you guys covered for all your Kings news. Um, the latest Brendan, uh, the Kings, Yesterday afternoon, officially, uh, they had traded for Scal Labissier earlier in the week. Um, and I know Sean sat down with Scal, and Scal was really excited about the potential to go to training camp and actually, you know, be part of the team and possibly have a chance to fight for a spot. Uh, but what they did yesterday was they signed Scal and then waived him right afterwards. And I know that confuses a lot of people, um, but I'll, I'll just like clarify right away. This move was always meant for the Stockton Kings. Scalabies here was not going to compete for a roster spot. He was going to always be part of the, the Stockton Kings. That's why they traded for his rights. And what happens in this situation, Brendan, is when you sign somebody to a contract right now, you can give them some guaranteed money. So you have roster spots. So he went goes into like a standard roster spot, and then you can give them a signing bonus. And then you can waive him right afterwards. And so basically he gets free money to go play for the Stockton Kings. The only way this works, it's how they did it with DJ Stewart last year. The only way it works is if you already have his rights for the G League. If you don't have his rights and you try to do this, then you're limited to only giving him $50,000 bonus. We saw this last year with it was Sam Merrill, right? Um, the Kings gave him 150000 uh, bucks. Once he didn't make the team, and he almost made the team. Once he didn't make the team, though, they didn't have his G League rights. When they waived him, he went into the G League draft and was selected number one overall and went somewhere else and took the 150 grand with him and uh, went on with his merry way. Uh, are you cool with, with how they're doing this? Uh, like, is there any questions you have about like the Scowl situation? Not really. I mean, they have so many bigs you know, that we talked through last episode, but just Sabonis, Lyles, Len, Nerlens, JaVale now, Nimi, like it, it was hard to see room for uh, Scal on the main roster. And to your point, I, you know, it always made sense that this was likely a Stockton related move. And that, uh, you know, is, is obviously how it ended up working out. And I, I think that it'll be interesting to see him get an opportunity down there. If he does play well, there's always the chance that, you know, he ends up getting moved up. We saw 
you know, just because the roster is locked in, like we, there was a Chima Moneki and Casey Akpala on the roster last year, and you can alter that throughout the season if somebody is performing well. So if Scal proves it in the G League with Stockton, then he could get his opportunity. And I think that's a good spot for him to try and get some reps. You know, he didn't play all too many games with Mexico City. I believe it was about eight games uh, in two, on two different occasions throughout two different seasons. And so about 16 total is what I believe somewhere right around there. And yeah, you just need to see it a little bit more with him. So I was kind of surprised to see that it was a three-team trade and the player the Kings sent out was DJ Stewart. Yeah, And that was slightly surprising to me, but also, you know, he was coming off the bench in Stockton last year, but I had kind of liked DJ Stewart. You mentioned that was a guy that last offseason they had given some money to. So obviously they liked him a bit as well, but he's the one on the way out headed to the main Red Claws, which is the Boston Celtics affiliate. Yeah, and the thing with DJ Stewart, like, look, he's been with the Stockton Kings for, I think, that three years. Like, that's a long time in the G League. And you don't want to become, like, a franchise guy in the G League. G League players don't make a lot of money. It's not nearly as lucrative as going overseas and playing for a European team. So that's why a player like him, if you want to keep him here in the States, you got to do what the Kings just did with Scal, where you give him a little bit of money, and then you waive him. And so he has that money to supplement what he's going to make in the G League and what he's not going to make in Europe. Um, and we've seen this for years. The The league has changed rules here and there to try to tighten it up a little bit. But overall, I think it's uh, it's a good way to to build your uh, to build your program, right? Like Scalabies here may or may not ever make it up to the Sacramento Kings again. But the fact is, Scal is probably a solid player at the G League level. And now you got him in, in the fold and you know, he's a good human being, you know, what type of person he is because you already have experience with him. So you're not taking a gamble on somebody and, and just hoping things work out. So, um, and then it, like Brendan, I know there's, there's confusion about this. So the Kings have Sabonis as their starting center. They have Trey Lyles who can play both the four and the five. Then they've got Alex Len. They've got JaVale McGee. They've got Nerlens Noel. They got Namias Keda. We're looking at six centers and maybe five and a half, right? And uh, is there is there confusion here? Because I know a lot of fans out there seem to be confused about why the Kings have so many centers at this point. But I, I think we can walk through why the why, can't we? I think we can. I mean, I would guess that JaVale was unexpected him becoming available because I do think as we laid out last episode that there is some overlap with him and Nerlens Noel in what their capabilities are and obviously giving JaVale that guaranteed contract the things that have come the way that you and um, Sean have talked about him it seems like they are very high on JaVale and you know I have my questions there but obviously there's questions that the organization has around Nami Escada and Nerlens Noel with those being non-guaranteed deals and I view those more as training camp deals right you're trying to figure out are these guys going to show us something and then maybe they'll stick around and so I think that makes sense I do question a bit though like the opportunity cost here this team needs more well I don't know about needs but it never hurts to have more wings and that's always been a spot where the Kings could use a little bit more depth I know they have Kessler Edwards still at the end there who showed some interesting things last year. There's still Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, there's Sasha, Colby Jones maybe can slide down, Chris Duarte. So it's not like they're lacking necessarily in that aspect, but I do wonder a little bit of, you know, wings are so highly valued and 
what they really think can play two to four, then maybe you're, there's a little bit of opportunity cost that you're missing out on here. You could go look at a Justice Winslow, a Stanley Johnson, or something like that, rather than signing one of these guys. Although there is another spot remaining and a two-way. Yeah, well, okay, so the Kings still have a two-way, but they also still have, like, two roster spots. Two or three now. Uh, because you can carry up to 21 all the way uh, until the day before the season starts. So I get what you're saying. If they want to go out and, and sign a wing, they can. Uh, we still haven't heard what they're going to do with Jordan Ford, but I would expect him. Uh, we expect him to be in camp. That's that's everything that we're hearing. He will be in camp. Um, and then when you talk about like the training camp, I'll say this. When you're an NBA team and you have aspirations of being really good, uh, you have to take advantage of player availability when you can. And that means that sometimes you you burn through some cash, making sure that you have something covered, and then something else becomes available later that's better than what you have, like your coverage stuff. And so that's how, like, the idea of Nerland's Noel made sense, right? Uh, Brennan's talked about this for a long time. You like the fit. I don't love the fit just because Nerlens can't stay healthy. And, and not only that, but Nerlens offensively has always been challenged. Um, and I would have preferred a true like rim runner and pick and roll specialist uh, to, to him, but it's okay. Like I, I was fine with the move. Uh, he does do a lot of things that are interesting. Right. Um, so that's one player, the Alex Len thing, like Alex Len did the work last year. He, he was a good teammate. Um, when you needed him late in the season, he actually stepped in and played some really nice quality basketball. And so you know what you have there. But And, and then we have Namias. And Namias is a young guy, and you want to promote you know, success within your own organization. And I, I think in a perfect world, the Kings would have given him a two-way, but I just don't think that he was in that mode. Like He doesn't want the two-way. He wants to be part of the main roster. Uh, he thinks he's earned that with his play in the G League. Hard to argue with that. So then when you put them all on a board, it's not just that you start like placing like who does what or um, or like who makes what money. Like, to be honest, they all make minimum money. All, all four of these guys that we're talking about that are that are this back section of the, the five man spot. But you didn't know JaVale McGee was going to become available when you signed Alex Lynn and Nerland's Noel. And Namias Keda, you wanted to bring in for, you know, for your own reasons as part of building your franchise and your program. Um, but things change. And I think what I would tell Kings fans is this. What you don't want to see is your team be cheap and say, no, we already signed Nerlens Noel. We don't want to bring in JaVale McGee. That's, that's not what you want. What you want is for your team to go, you know what? We'll let them fight it out at camp, but this is a, a really good player that we think fits our system and is that true rim runner, that that pick-and-roll specialist that we can put with Malik Monk. Does all, all that make sense, Brennan? Yeah, definitely, and they picked him up fast. It, it wasn't – there was clearly not much hesitation there, and our buddy Sam Amick reported that McGee actually had an opportunity to go to the Warriors. And yeah. Picking the the Kings over the Warriors, that's a, this is a, a little bit of a moment, right? It shows where the Kings are at. And it could be a combination of things. It could be a relationship with, you know, there's Mike Brown that worked with him previously in Golden State, Luke Laux as well. Um, maybe even 
Rissay, Fox, De'Aaron's wife. Um, you never know where that relationship necessarily really lies. And it could also be an aspect of he thinks that the Kings are in a good spot. Maybe he wants to run the floor with De'Aaron Fox. Like, we don't really know what combination of what led into that decision. But I think it's quite a moment for somebody to pick going to the Kings over the Warriors. No, I think you're right. Even though it's a 35-year-old who was just waived. No, I think it, it does mean something. It means that you're building a program. And it also, like, the Kings were aggressive. They went out and they gave him guaranteed money. Uh, I think that that's maybe why you saw the full guarantee. You know, maybe there was a world where you gave him, you know, a million bucks to show up to camp, uh, but, like, a make-good contract. And But there was no way to do that because you had other teams lurking. And I, I think it also, Brennan, it, I think it speaks to the fact that JaVale McGee is still a functional player in the NBA, and teams know that, and they they want him. And for me... I was always concerned about like you have all these bigs, but none of them really do what you need for Malik Monk. Like Malik Monk loves the pick and roll. He loves, loves the lob. And like, if you don't have that player to put alongside him, which is a, a basic player in the NBA, it really is. We're not talking about some like abstract, uh, you know, like mystical beast, uh, you know, a unicorn that you can't find. Like rim runners are standard, Operating procedure in the NBA. The Kings have had them in the past. Rashawn Holmes, uh, Damon Jones. Marvin Bagley uh, Damon, kind of falls into it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's if if you have a player like Monk, you want to give him the tools to succeed. And to be honest with you, JaVale McGee, for me, is one of those those players. It was one of those guys that you're like, okay, look, I, I can see JaVale going up and hammering down a lob from, from Malik Monk which opens Malik to do a lot of different things. And, you know, like, I'm okay with that. Um, so do we have this figured out? I mean, you, if you're ranking them right now, give me your rank one through one through six. Oh, okay. Um, well, the, obviously Sabonis first. And yes. I go Lyles second, if Lyles was part of this ranking. I think I still go Len three. But I think this is where it, it's really situational on pretty much everything after Sabonis. It kind of depends on the matchup and what you want in that specific look. But I'd probably go Lyle second. I, I think Len third. And then I'd put McGee. And then who else we got? We got uh, probably go with... Oof, hard between Nimi and, and Nerlens. But I think that current production, I go with Nerlens. We still got to see what that obviously looks like, and that's very much a toss-up between the five six for me. But I'll go Nerlens five and and Nimi six. What would your one to six be? Yeah, I, I mean it's definitely Sabonis and and Lyles. Um, I'm gonna put Javale at number three. I think the the Kings they really like Javale. They do, and you know he's seven foot and he's he weighs two seventy. Like I was surprised by that. Like that's what he's listed at. Um, that's a big man. And the Kings need that type of player. And I think he's more versatile than Alex Len. I think Alex Len, again, was there. He put in the work. But I'd also say, like, I think camp competition is going to be pretty fierce. And I think it'll be fierce between Len, uh, Nerlens, and Nimi. And I think that at the end of the day, I think they'll keep Alex Len. Um, and then it's going to be a coin flip whether they keep one more. And if you get to that point where you've already kept two 30 plus year old backup centers uh then 
if you're keeping one more, I put Namias Keda above Nerlens Noel without any question. And that's just because, you know, why would you keep a 29-year-old fifth center when you got a, you know, 25-year-old that maybe still has a lot of room to grow and, and some been in your system. Yeah. He's been in your system. Um, he does a lot of good. And, and, you know, I think the other question is this, this kind of interesting, like if something were to happen to Demonis Sabonis, let's say he misses two weeks, who's your starting center. Oof. Um, really, you don't run into this problem. I don't love this, this question, but it's not Trey. You know, we saw a lot of times if a guy went down last year, they would take somebody that was kind of from out of the rotation and move them into the starting lineup rather than try and, you know, so, so they don't mess with the rotation. And I think you'd like to keep Trey coming off the bench rather than mess with his minutes and bring him into the starting lineup. I guess JaVale, it, it comes down to JaVale or Len for me. Okay. I, I'm going to go the other way. I, I think that it would be Trey Lyles. And it's because I think Trey Lyles can emulate what Sabonis does better than the other two. And so while he's not the rebounder and he's not going to, I mean, he can score, uh, but really it is that I think you can put him in a passing game and not have to scrap everything for two weeks while Sabonis is out. And, and then, so in that situation, you spend like 10 games learning how to play without Sabonis. And then you get to spend like three games learning how to play with Sabonis again. And so I think normally you're right, but if you have major depth at a position, like I don't think Malik Monk is going to slide in the starting two-guard spot if Kevin Herter goes down for three weeks. I think you'd see Chris Duarte. Um, and, and if De'Aaron Fox goes down, you don't see Malik Monk go over there. You see Davion Mitchell, right? Those are specific situations, though. Um, anyway, I, I think it's it's interesting. I I definitely like a bench unit with JaVale McGee playing with Monk, uh, having Sasha Vazenkov's back, uh, playing with Duarte, playing with Davion Mitchell. Like, I, I think that, that that to me is an intriguing like second five. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I will add, you know, I feel like they've put a lot of value in high IQ players. And yep. I don't think it's it makes sense the two guys that maybe they decided to go in a different direction with like Terrence Davis, Chemezi Metu, I think don't exactly fit that description. And there might be a little bit of erratic basketball with Malik Monk and JaVale McGee, both on the floor. I do agree I that there it. is a potential <laughs> chemistry there. And I think it's important for Malik to have like the same pick and roll partner. I think that was a aspect of where he could get better is just having the same guy in that pick and roll in the backup unit, but there's going to be some crazy moments. I agree that it has all the potential for the Shackton moments. I, I love it. I'm here for it. I, I think like the erratic play, that could be something that totally, it adds like a new fun element. Like, oh no, they they went. Definitely going to be entertaining. Yeah, they went uh, JaVale and Monk on us. Yeah. Um, Have you had interactions with JaVale before? Like he small fun. amounts of minute. Yeah, I, I think a small amount of interaction. He is... Like I've said this, but Jason Jones loves JaVale McGee, loves him. And, you know, of course, his mom played uh, for for a season with the Monarchs years ago. Um, so JaVale was around and, and JaVale went to UNR, if I'm not mistaken. So like he's been around this area. Uh, this is just like finally he's he's coming home, I think. Um, yeah, I, he's 
I think he will be fun. I think it'll be another personality to have in the locker room. And he's 35 and he he's grown into a leader. Uh, he's a guy who knows how to talk. He knows how to, you know, like on the floor, he knows how to talk and, and keep everyone engaged and, and, you know, sort of direct a defense. And he's very comfortable with Mike Brown. So I think he's going to play. Uh, I think the Kings believe he's going to play. If he can't, it's because he, he shows up and like he's lost a fastball. And I don't think he's done that yet. Um, I actually think he's got another, you know, a couple of years left in him um, just because of like his frame and the way that he plays. Um, let's get to a couple other things real quick. Uh, Christian Wood goes to the Lakers. Um, any Damn quick it. thoughts on that? Damn it. I mean, Christian Wood is good. There's clearly concerns that made this take so long for him to get a deal. Yes. And there's reasons that he's hopped around a lot. But he could play basketball like he offensively him and AD as a front court can do a lot of things and are very versatile. So I'm interested to see how that works from a team that isn't relying on him. I think that he's a pretty good fit there and I kind of hate it. OK, no, I understand that. Um, I, I would just say that he doesn't play winning basketball. That's a concern with him. And if he can learn how to play winning basketball with this group of players, then they found a diamond in the rough because he, he does stuff the stat sheet. But the problem that he's had throughout his career is that it doesn't matter how many points and how many rebounds when he's on the floor, the team is not winning. And that's a problem. Like even last year, like in the, I think 25 games, he scored 20 or more in the, and the Mavs were 11 and 14 in those games. Like that doesn't, that's not a good thing. Like if you can't impact winning, um, like, I, but I do like it. And, and what I, what I hate about Christian Wood is you look at his stats, you look at all the things that he does and you're like, Oh man, he'd be a perfect fit next to Sabonis or, and you say the same thing about AD. You look at Jackson Hayes, you're like, Oh man, he could really play next to Jackson Hayes. All of these things, but you know, he can stretch the floor. He can shoot the three ball. He can block shots. He can rebound. He can score in crazy bunches but doesn't matter. And there are players like this in the league that they just don't impact anything positive on the, on the winning side of things. So while like Houston, I, Detroit, you know, everywhere that he's gone, it hasn't really Charlotte Philly. Worked. That's right. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't really worked when it comes to winning. And you know, there is an aspect of like, there's personality questions surrounding Nerland's Noel or um, excuse me, Christian Wood. Yeah. And you never know what, that could potentially do dropping it into a locker room. That's true. I, I haven't heard that he's like a bad dude. I just like everything that I've heard, like when the Kings load up on high basketball IQ players, um, he didn't make the list, you know, I, I mean that not to be mean, but that's, that's kind of the way it is. Uh, let's bust through a couple other things. Uh, we're going to have a short pod today. Uh, no, Sean, um, I, I'm getting on a plane in a couple hours. Uh, it, it's, going to be a wild weekend I, I don't know what i'm doing um i'm way way too old to be flying to vegas and going to a couple of concerts uh, but i will be at ed sharon tonight uh and i will go to lady gaga tomorrow this was like a planned thing for from years ago right at the beginning of the pandemic that my wife's birthday got destroyed and now we're we're finally coming around to do it um brendan uh team usa bounced from from the uh world cup is there any quick thoughts you have like boy this was weird 
Not really. I mean, Germany's good, man. Like, I, I think people overlook some of these other teams. Like, everybody knows I love Franz Wagner. He's really good. Uh, Dennis Schroeder is almost like the German equivalent to Australian Patty Mills. Like, Patty Mills always turns it up when oh, he's yeah. playing for his country. And Dennis Schroeder balls out when he plays for Germany. Um, they did this in... I forget the the name of last off seasons um, international games that were going on as well. But he, whenever he's playing for Germany, he is absolutely balling out. They got the other Wagner, Daniel Tice played amazing in that amazing. game. Yes, like Germany's good. You know, I, I get why it's disappointing from USA standpoint, but it's not like they got killed by some nobodies. Germany's good is my main takeaway there. Yeah, and I, the best thing about what Brendan just said there is if anyone out there watched the game, uh, Brendan actually like pronounced the names correctly. It's not uh, Franz Wagner. Like, it's Franz Wagner. Like, it's not difficult. Like, Dennis Schroeder. It, it's not difficult. Like, I, I was sitting there watching going, oh, my gosh. And Mo Wagner. You know, you got the... Wagner is not that difficult to say. Like, I'm very surprised. And when you're covering European, like, it was cringeworthy a couple of times. Um, the things that I noticed, uh, number one, I, I didn't understand the offense the whole entire fourth quarter. I thought Anthony Edwards basically run like a four flat was like, what in the world is happening? Like, why are you doing this? Why is he just dribbling and, and shooting ill-advised shots? I know he's your star, and but... Like you're helping create a star for somebody else. That's weird. Uh, like if you're that coaching staff, you you had Tyrese Halliburton standing right next to him, just not knowing what to do. You had Austin Reeves that made some nice buckets, but all they did like the entire fourth quarter was, was find the switch and get Austin Reeves and man on and torch him. You know, like this was like very clear that you know they were they were beating up on on some of these guys and taking advantage of some of these guys and. I just thought, you know, to be honest, I thought the coaching wasn't great, um, which I'm really shocked to say. Uh, I'll hit you with this. Staff. It is quite the coaching staff. I was like, what in the world are you guys doing? Um, you had better defensive players, and I know you were down, but you could have got back in the game playing defense, not uh, not just, you know, getting torched nonstop. Yeah. Um, Canada you... also got knocked by by Serbia. So I know. Fernandez is is out of there. Bogdan Bogdanovic gave it to him. I, I was really hoping that we'd have the two former Sacramento Kings against each other for the gold medal, Tyrese Halliburton versus Bogdan Bogdanovich. I thought that would have been cool. Who do you got in uh, Team USA versus Canada? Hmm. Um, I'm going with Canada, man. I think Canada's really good. Like, I, I know they lost that game. Like, Kelly Olynyk, the way they're running, they're, they're pretty much running a lot of times Sacramento's offense and Kelly Olenek and these dribble handoffs and doing these passes back door. And I think they kind of have the guys to do it. They've moved around their starting lineup a little bit and SGA is might be the best player between all the teams, both or both rosters there. You know, there's some talent obviously on USA, but I think I lean Canada. That'll be a fun game though. Ooh, little brother smacks around big brother. Would that be crazy? Would it be crazy to see, uh, to see Jordy Fernandez come back with a bronze medal. And, you know, like it means so much. It would mean a ton to Canada, where I think, like, again, most of these guys on Team USA would like hide their bronze medal in like the back of their sock drawer. Be like, oh, we won the bronze. 
Um, okay. Uh, we got a short pod today. Uh, Brendan has stuff going on. I have stuff going on. Uh, Sean is not with us here today and has stuff going on. Um, Brendan, do you have any final thoughts? Um, nothing too crazy. Again, I, I get to make an announcement on Monday, so I'm excited for that and stay on the lookout for that. For that. Um, not excited to drive the five back home. That is probably my least favorite drive. Driving in a straight line drives me insane. But I'm curious to hear how the Ed Sheeran concert goes because I hear that he's one of the best live performers there is. He is. I've, I've already seen him once, and he's great, and I'm excited to do it. Um, okay, final thoughts for me. Uh, number one, don't worry about the center situation. It'll figure itself out. They're not going to keep six centers. They're just not. Uh, number two, uh, Scalabese air situation. That's what was supposed to happen. Uh, you know, I hope it works out for Scal. I hope he finds his way back into the league, but this is how the Kings had set up this offseason. Uh, number three, um, we'll be back this week. We'll have more content, uh, all kinds of stuff. And uh, number four, jump on from 10 a.m. to noon and, and check out the Insiders on ESPN 1320. Uh, I'm loving the fit with Kyle Madsen. He's a super cool dude. And uh, we're only going to get better leading into D'Lo and KC. So lots of cool stuff happening. And uh, we'll keep rolling here at the King's Beat. So for Brendan Nunes from the King's Pulse Podcast, I am James Hamby, Kings Insider for ESPN 1320 and the King's Beat. We'll see you next week. <laughs>